There is a war, it's for sure, and the Bible is full of uh, exhortation, examples. Our lives are just filled with all of these kinds of conflicts and examples of war and offense and bitterness. And so, Father God, today we thank you for um, you, that you are not offended, you are good, and we praise you and thank you, Lord God, for giving us wisdom and counsel we thank you, Lord, for giving us eyes to see and ears to hear that you take the spiritual blind blinders off of our eyes, the spiritual blindness, the hardness of heart, the denial, the resistance to the truth that has so um, covered this nation, this world, our own lives and personal family relationships, etc. Lord, that you will be done, your will, your holy, precious, powerful, good will be done. That let, let that be our goal, our pursuit today. We declare that no weapon formed against us will prosper, including this spirit of offense, the spirit of bitterness, the spirit of holding grudges, getting mad, staying angry, being divided. Oh, Father, we just thank you for liberty in Jesus Christ. We thank you for goodness and kindness and mercy and, and faith. We thank you now, Lord God, that you've promised us again and again and over and over. We claim the same things before you that no, no, none Absolutely no weapon formed against us will prosper, that no word said, no deed done, no action taken, um, no plots behind the back will be able to be used by the enemy. No words, deeds, actions will be able to be used to formulate a, 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 a problem that you will deliver us from the snares of the fowler, Lord God. Keep us in health and safety and traveling vehicles and finances, property, work of our hands, everything, Lord God. We don't have to name everything to you, but we know Satan is kind of a legalistic and ha uh, legalist and has to dot every I. So we praise you, God, that you know you're watching over us every day. You knew about us from before the foundation of the world, even before we knew about ourselves. So we thank you now for giving us wisdom and eyes and ears and encouragement, Lord, that we're in these very exciting days, days that are incredible, full of opportunity and full of offense that we will prevail against our enemy. Amen. Amen. Well, you know, Matthew 24 is, is, a, is a great scripture that describes what things are like, signs of the times and of the end of the age. Yeah. Jesus responded in, uh, to the question of the uh, disciples, the 12. And um, one of the more, I think, overlooked, and I don't think I've ever really heard a message on this before is we think, oh, wars and rumors of wars, false prophets and everything. In Matthew 24, 10, it says, and then many will be offended mm -hmm. and will betray one another and will hate one another. Mm -hmm. So basically what we're seeing here, Marjorie, is like there's like a spirit, spirit of, of offense, offense. <laughs> that's going to be prevailing in the last days. And boy, do we have that. Yeah, we hear it in the mouths of people. I'm offended. I'm upset. I, you know, they, people are laying uh, crazy expectations on other people. Uh, you know, to be intolerant. To I, well, anyway, we won't even go into that. But Jesus says, "I'm offended. Blessed is he who is not offended because of me." Now, offense means that it's a way for Satan. It's a spirit to divide us, to set us up in opposition not only to ourselves but to one another because there's something wrong, something we can, we perceive to be not right, something that we're taking offense by. And Satan uses it as a kind of a, a wedge 
to divide us against one another. And that's exactly what he wants to do is set us up in opposition to ourselves and to each other in these days. But the Bible says we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. So really we need to look at this, this offense as a spirit, as a spirit that's working, digging around, moving around to try to pull people apart and set them in opposition to each well, other. Well, it seems like in our day, people are just looking for something to be right. offended by. Right. You know, and they hold that. When there's an offense there, it's held and it's multiplied. And basically, the definition of offense or offend in the scriptures, in the original Greek, it's it's the word from which we get scandal. Okay, so it starts with a scandal or a lie well, or an accusation. Yeah, it, it, it means to trip up, to trap, to stumble, mm. to fall away, to cause uh, displeasure or sin. Or it's like a stumbling block, something that mm-hmm. you trip mm-hmm. over. Mm-hmm. And, and then a dictionary definition of offense or offend means to hurt the feelings of others, to cause resentment, either intentionally or unintentionally, and, and to cause someone to sin or to violate someone's sense of propriety. Okay, so let's kind of slow down on this definition right here and just add to this the, the Luke 17, 1, uh, where Jesus said to his disciples, it is impossible that no offense should come, but woe to those to him through whom they do come. Now he is saying it's impossible. You cannot live on this planet without being attempt, be tempted or attacked by this spirit of offense. And it's interesting, as your definition says, um, to hurt the feelings of others. Uh, what, what happens? How do we do that? We, what do we do that intentionally? Well, the problem with offense is we, we think the other person may be doing it intentionally, uh, but it may not be at all that the, be the case because a lot of times we do not know the expectations of another person and or how they're taking what we're doing, saying or not saying or not doing. And so many times we read into other person's words or actions, things that um, sum up to be offense in our minds and hearts. And so therefore we take a different position towards that person and our feelings get hurt. And, and, pro, and the most, one of the biggest difficulties in the world is that people live on their feelings and they let their feelings determine a whole lot of their actions and responses. But, and so for example, um, I, for anybody who's a parent and I've had this happen to me, your child, you know, 20 years after you've raised them, they'll come back to you and say something about, you know, bring up something that was totally hurting them. It hurt them. I, I said something, did something, didn't do something, whatever. And they see the situation, the scenario in such a different way than I personally remembered it happening. And so they're still hung up on a big hang-up, actually. That's kind of turned the course of some of their attitudes and relationships, maybe even towards me, because this thing was never resolved, was never talked about, never communicated, just kind of hidden, buried in the back of your mind. And possibly, and in some cases, I don't even remember it. It was so non-eventful for me, which is probably offensive to them as well, that it was non-eventful. But these kinds of things lay inside of relationships and, and create great pain, great bitterness. And people just go on and on with, I'm right. My feelings are, you know, need to be, uh, heard, respected, whatever. And the problem is nobody knows that this offense, the spirit of offense is hidden this issue deep in the soul, deep in the heart, deep in the feelings. And we just begin to, out of that offense, 
comes forth resentment, harshness, bitterness, and, and more and more misunderstanding. And so it just kind of grows its own bush of resentment in your garden of peace. Well, and it affects your, your mental health, it affects your physical health. You know, I know people that, you know, were offended and you, you discover that there was something happened in childhood. You know, somebody didn't, you know, got a bigger cookie than someone else or, or, yeah. and, and then they slapped their face or something. Yeah. And, there, and people from childhood, ha, ha, something that happened in childhood can be eating away at, at people exactly right. even when they're in their adult years, even in their later adult years. And it's like, man, how okay. do... So yeah, that, let's get over it. Well, you can't get over something you don't know is there or you can't articulate. So the problem is it has to be somehow brought to the surface. And sometimes the Lord is good and allows an event, a circumstance, a situation to bring later on, to bring that thing to the surface so it can be, it's like a wound. It's like full of pus and poison and resentment. It needs to be brought to the surface. It needs to be lanced. It needs to be opened up and healed, pour in the ointments, the the oil and the the wine, so to speak, to bring back the right relationship, to bring back restoration and joy. Because otherwise, you just say, you just feel like, well, there's something wrong. What did I do? Well, why are they so mad? Or why don't they ever come over? Or why don't they, you know? And, And so the feelings, again, and and one of the issues for a Christian is if if you have discovered that you've offended someone and didn't know it, that the Bible says if you know that you've someone has something against you, to go mm-hmm. to them right. and to, to bring it up. And sometimes we don't do that because we're afraid we might create an offense by going to them. If there really wasn't something there in the first place and we bring this up, then they're saying, well, you're just causing trouble and I don't, you know, what are you talking about? But And maybe they're denying Maybe they've, or maybe they've gotten so used to that or they see you in such a way that they don't want to give you um, the right to be you and, and to see you for who you see yourself to be. And so the affi- the feelings really run the people. So when somebody has offended you or you know that you've offended someone, to go to them. And so on, on either either way, whether they offended you or you offended them, the Bible puts the responsibility on you to go to them to bring it to the light. Bring it to the light right. is probably the most important thing on an offense and to talk about it, but people are afraid to do that. Yeah, but to clear the air, you know, if you sense somebody is like, man, they're just like kind of an attitude toward you or something comes up in a conversation and nowadays with that it can person or with even, someone else yeah. and you get you get tipped off. There's something going on here. Tipped off. <laughs> tipped off. Yeah. That, that, oh my, maybe something I said and did and I didn't realize it. Go to that person and if it's nothing... And if they're, if it's like something that they say, no, that wasn't it. I, I didn't take it that way at all. Well, at least you've cleared the air. Yeah. Or you know, if indeed something you said intentionally or did inten- intentionally or unintentionally, um, at least yeah, you said yeah, that that hurt me. Right. You can ask for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. You can clear the air. You can reconcile. Well, the, this a spirit of offense is a very common. Um, and so it's almost like we're used to it. It's almost like um, you have to work against it. You have to recognize it in your own life, in your own mind. And that's where it usually starts is in the mind. Here's another clever thing offense does, the spirit of offense. And you need to look at it and think of it as a demonic spirit. And it's really taking a lot of um, uh, precedence these days to make everything offensive, 
politically, everything is a hot topic, a hot potato. You know, you, you say one word and you're off this and you say another word and you're censored over there. Uh, and, and there's a deliberate there's a deliberate strategy of the enemy behind mm, that too yes. to divide people so we can't talk, we can't speak our heart or our mind. But <clears throat> I, I believe that offense is something that it starts in the mind. So, for example, um, again, this is a common example. I'll just use myself. Okay, so I'm expecting um, my husband, who sits next to me here, to do something. But I don't really say anything to him about it. I just expect him to do it. Or I see him doing something, and, I, and, and, my, and in my mind immediately, there's a little thought that says, well, he, he's not going to do it, or he never does it right, or he's never going to make it happen, or, or he, you know, I need to help him, I need to tell him, I need to control him, I need to give him some orders or whatever. And so the, the thought in your mind is starting to stir up an offense or a, 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 against the other person. And you need to say, wait a minute, whoa, 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 who's talking to me here? Who's trying to get me, you know, upset with my husband or even, it's not even an offense. He didn't even do anything yet. It's just the enemy's trying to, you know, set a, a path for someone to get upset, offended. And, and we don't catch it in our mind. We, we, we don't, you know, we don't say, whoa, we don't. And if you don't do that, then it, it rolls. It continues to build this argument in your mind, in your soul, about all these uh, things that will later cause an offense. And so they're starting an offense by creating it in your feelings, your heart, your mind, through dis- disappointments or expectations. Let's, let's look at a very extreme and obvious example. You know, we had all these riots last year in mm-hmm. the United States. And what happens is that people will feed the offense they, they the will demons, say, you, yeah. are, you are offended. I mean, you know, somebody did something against a black person. Some black person did something against a white person. Mm-hmm. Let's take the offense. An extreme thing, here's a... Here's Those become a, very politically a, yeah. powerful and explosive. I, I heard a, a leader of a particular movement say that it's okay to loot, to, to, to destroy and loot a property because it um, it's part of reparations for past offenses. It's a way past of offenses. making up yeah. for past offenses. Well, this is interesting because people try to make up wow. for past offenses um, by getting you take even. An, take an offense from something that happened years ago that, that you never experienced. Or but, participated But you in. get that offense in your craw. But that's, you don't understand it, and you, you, you react and you act in great violence in, in anger. Well, this is exactly what offense is trying to do. He is trying to get people to take up the offense because Satan, remember, he cannot really technically do anything unless he gets us to do it for him. He has to use our power, our agreement, our actions, our limbs, our brains to, to, to actually uh, promote his cause. We're like the little foot soldiers. He's trying to, um, uh, I don't know what's the word, um, draft into his army. But again, offenses, there's many, this is the, the, the landscape is, is scattered with offenses. And in, in Matthew chapter 11, we have a very um, interesting comment. Uh, chapter 11, verse 6, but start the, the, the story is that Jesus had finished commanding his disciples um, and they departed and he was teaching them and preaching in their cities. And when John the Baptist heard, uh, when and when John was heard, heard what was happening in prison, 
about the works of Christ, he sent two disciples, and they said to him, Are you the coming one, or do we look for another? Now, interesting enough, John was Jesus' first cousin, and he knew all about Jesus' ministry. Actually, he had baptized Jesus, and he had seen the, 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 the dove descending on Jesus and saying, this is the Lamb of God. And um, John knew all that stuff, and he, he experienced it and witnessed it. And yet, now because John was telling the truth and going forward, now this is, we're flipping subjects a little bit. This is people who are doing the right thing, telling the truth, taking the hits, being attacked, being accused. The spirit of offense is rolling around, um, division, you know, accusation, aggression. And so he's now sitting in prison because he did the right thing. He told the truth. He, he called out Herod on his adultery. And so John is sitting in prison. Jesus is out there freely preaching. And Jesus answered them, well, first of all, remember John's question, are you the coming one or do we look for another? In other words, there was a little bit of doubt or a little need to clarify for sure that this is the right Jesus. This is the one I was supposed to prepare the way for. Uh, and so we can get to that place where we're awesome, on fire, anointed, inspired, called, appointed, prophetic. It, you know, remember John was placed in Elizabeth's womb at the right time when she was quite old. And just so that the timing would be right for him and Jesus to be on the same planet at the same time. And so now he's wondering if this is really the, the, the right guy. And Jesus answered them kind of strange. He's kind of strange in his answers sometimes, but they're really appropriate. But it's kind of like you kind of miss a few points or something in between and you're trying to get it. Anyway, Jesus said to them, go and tell John the things which you see and hear. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. So he's saying, here are my signs, here are the points, here's the... um." Uh, the experiences. Here's what's happening. Here's the evidence of me being who you were told I was. And then he says, blessed is he who's not offended because of me. Boom. Blessed is he who's not offended because of me. Why did he say that when John was just asking a clarification question? Well, I believe that because John was sitting in prison, uh, and, and actually this was his ultimate, and he did lose his head at this point a little bit later in the story. So, Blessed, Jesus is saying, when you've done the right thing, when you've told the truth, when you've fulfilled the will of the Father in your life, you've preached the gospel in the way that God set you up to do it. It may have been hard, may have been a lot of resistance. You know, people may not like you like they did with Jesus. They're rising up in their their, their uh, aggression against you. You don't get take it personal. Don't get offended. Don't get bitter. Don't be upset. Don't, you know, because... That's the problem. When you tell the truth and it's not received, you're very tempted to sit there and say, okay then, where's my justice? Where's my vindication? Who's going to help me? You know, because I did the right thing and here I am sitting, being the one being beat up, being in jail, being picked on. And so when you are telling the truth, you have to recognize there are consequences to telling the truth. And some of those consequences are that people will be upset with you uh, they will not like you. And then the next, your move is, okay, what am I going to do about the fact that the people rejected me and the truth and threw me in jail or whatever? What is my next response to their wickedness, to their hardness of heart, to their inability or unwillingness to repent 
or acknowledge the truth that I told him. What is my next move? So John's next move in the prison, Jesus was saying to him, and maybe the disciples got it back to him, don't be offended. Don't pick up an offense. Don't get it. Don't take it personal. Don't let your feelings be hurt, like the Bible says, or the dictionary says, um, or resent them because that will steal your blessing. In other words, you've got to keep your, your course. You got to look face like a flint, like Jeremiah. You cannot look to the right or left. You cannot take pick up the offenses of others because you can't carry them. They're way too heavy. They're like you drag offenses around like a cement block, hang around your ankles while you're trying to run this race. Well, you know, part of it is Jesus warned about, you know, persecution. That's right. Of believers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he says some persecution comes to some who have begun to believe and then they fall away because they're they're offended. Right. They feel offended. They said, I, I don't I don't want to be different. I, I don't like this attack and, and I don't like this pressure, so I'm just gonna cool it and and actually depart from the Lord. And and there's another part of offense here where you alluded to it, Marjorie, about the truth. The truth mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. offensive to Correct. people that right. are uh, involved in lies. And Jesus uh, well, yeah. Matthew fifteen seven hypocrites. He's talking to the Pharisees. He says hypocrites, actors. You pretend you're something you're not. Well, did Isaiah prophesy about you, saying, "These people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me." Right. And in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. Then he called the multitude and said to them, "Hear and understand." It is not what goes into the mouth defiles them, that defiles a man, but what comes out of the mouth and this defiles the man. Are, so they were arguing about, you know, how to wash your hands ceremonially right. before you eat. So you what eat. the heart is full of the mouth speaks. And, and what Jesus said to the, then his disciples in Matthew fifteen twelve, came and said to him, do you know that the Pharisees were offended <laughs> when they heard this saying? Yeah, well, the offense didn't, well, didn't cease because... In Galatians chapter five eleven, we see the same thing that he says, um, "And I, brethren, if I preach, if I if I still preach circumcision, why do I suffer persecution? Then the offense of the cross is ceased." So you're talking about the Pharisees; they didn't like and didn't want to, and they didn't know about the cross yet at that point that there was going to be salvation through Jesus Christ dying on the cross for us and paying the price for our sins. So that offense. Of Jesus take that was offensive to Satan, that now he can't beat the people up with the law anymore. He cannot uh, control them with fear anymore because the uh, the offense was taken care of by Jesus Christ. The offense of sin in well, the face of God was taken care of, and now but now Satan in the spirit of offense pr- switches it to um, the cross. Now the cross becomes an offense to the unbeliever and towards the ones who are haters of God. Because some people think, well, I can do it my own way. Mm -hmm. I I can, you know, I'm good enough if I have enough religion or If I'm circumcised, if I do all these. Or if I'm circumcised, if I have some involved in some religious ceremony or system, Mm -hmm. I'm going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And the cross crosses that out and, and says that's not what you can do. That will not save you. You cannot save yourself. The only hope you have is in the Mm -hmm. cross of Jesus Christ, what he did for us. Not what we do for him, but what he did for us. Yes. And are receiving that. Yes. And the cross then becomes the the instrument 
through which the offense was lifted off of us between us and God. Because for, for most of us, we had no clue what was going on, how we were being misled, tempted, uh, drawn away from God, tricked, betrayed, uh, twisted around to be offended, to be separated from God. And so the cross is the thing that brings us back to, to the Father, um, but it becomes an offense to the enemy and it becomes an offense. Now the cross, the power of the cross, be, it becomes an offense to the unbelievers, to those who haven't yet experienced the power or the deliverance of the cross. So Paul is here in this um, this dilemma because the cross actually brought war. It, it didn't bring peace. It brought reconciliation to some but Jesus said, I didn't come to bring peace, mm-hmm. but <clears throat> a sword. And sword. This, so the sword is that place where we, we are, you know, a sword cuts, divides, separates. And so you have to know that the offenses that you may be experiencing, the, and by the way, going back to personal offenses a minute, um, I got to tell you a quick story. Okay, so when I was first saved, um, new believer, didn't know much about the Bible, didn't know any scriptures really, we were thrown into, brought into, drug into, led into, I don't know what you want to say, this little Pentecostal, apostolic kind of Pentecostal church. And um, uh, what was the sign on the door that says, prepare to meet your God? That was it, prepare to meet your God. God. And we thought, well, that's really cool. Maybe we should figure out how to prepare to meet our God so we're not in trouble when we see him. And so we started going to this church, and it turned out that what we didn't know was that the church was very intense, very legalistic, uh, very, um, I guess, those are the good words that can describe it. And it created a lot of expectations and laws and demands that weren't really in the Bible. And I became offended at the way that the the scripture was being used and handled to preach a different gospel. Um, and at the time, I wasn't smart enough to realize all that. But I was super, super offended by the way and the persons who are preaching this gospel uh, in this wrong way. And that's like with a John the Baptist kind of, don't be offended. Well, I was walking outside the church one day, little church, um, it was a Sunday morning, I was trying to avoid going in because I didn't want to hear the sermon because the sermons offended me because they were preaching not the true gospel. And I heard this voice, I mean, literally, this is, I would say, the voice of God because, you know, every once in a while in your life, maybe you hear the voice of God and you, if you do, you never forget it. Um, I've heard it a couple times in my life, and this one says, well, is she worth going to hell over? Is bitterness worth staying mad at her? Is that worth going to hell over? And like, I just sort of like stopped and said, well, no, she's not worth me going to hell over. I just got it. Like the revelation was, oh. And so from that point on, then I recognized bitterness was part of the offense, and I was going to have to um, actually resist it, not just know about it, but actually resist it. And I think this is part of what we need to understand too, is we need to start resisting the offense. And the way we resist it is with love and forgiveness. You forgive the person, going back to the parent-child example in the beginning, you forgive your mother, you forgive your child for judging you for, uh, that's what it ends up being. You feel they judged you for being uh, unkind or insensitive or unfair, showing favorites or whatever you did. Uh, favoritism. So you release them from your judgment. This is in every, every, every offense, every sin, every sin creates an offense and every offense needs uh, forgiveness because you don't know. 
You don't know what was going on in their mind. You don't know what they were mm-hmm. thinking. You don't know that they weren't thinking what you're thinking. They don't know. You don't know that they didn't even realize what they were doing. And so forgiveness says, okay, God, I have no clue what all went on here. I know Satan was poking around at everything, trying to make everybody mad at everybody to break up our relationships. So I'm going to bring the whole mess before the court of heaven. I'm going to lay it down and say, God, you judge, figure it out. I will be the plaintiff. I will let you figure it out and I will go free because all I want from this court, all I want from God is one thing. I want justice. I want the court to restore to me the things that were stolen from me, including my 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 relationship with this person. So you let God be the judge and he will judge. Then you ask him to judge the spirits, offense, bitterness, resentment, division. Uh, and, and right now, people, this is the whole plan and strategy of Satan on the earth is to create division and offense, to separate us through all kinds of expectations and demands and mandates and all kinds of things so that we, yeah. as the people, lose our connections with one another and we stop loving one another. And that's why he says um, in the last days, lawlessness will grow, uh, increase, and the love of many will grow cold because they'll be offended and they won't know how to get back to love. Yeah, another thing, no matter what we say or what we do, there's a possibility that someone can take offense. Right. You know, no matter you know, no matter what you say. So what does that mean we never talk again? <laughs> no, it just means that some people are just, you know, in a sense looking for well, something to be offended by. Right. But the thing, you know, the, the, this is why the Lord said we're to speak the truth in love. In love. And and mm-hmm. the, the you know, Jesus himself is Peter declares he's a stumbling block. Yeah. He's a stone of stumbling, a rock of offense. In other words, people trip over Jesus yeah. because he is so different, how can I say? You yeah. know, different from our religious practices, from our, our experiences, our experiences, experiences yeah. our attitude. And it's like, how can we accept this one? Uh, we can accept all kinds of other lies, but when it comes to Jesus, he stands when out. it comes to yeah. the real, he stands out, he's unique, he is the one. Truth. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And so we're called in these days mm-hmm. to speak the truth, declare the truth, and demonstrate the truth. And bless us, he was not offended, yeah. Yeah, and, and uh, uh, we are not to be, uh, uh, another part of this is that we're not to offend others. Personally, de- deliberately. Deliberately, yeah. or be, be sensitive to others that we don't want to cause somebody to stumble or to fall. And, and and Paul uh, and warns about teachers too. Peter warns about teachers, false teachers that will come and bring uh, words, lies, interpretations, philosophies that cause people to fall and to turn away from the right. truth. Right, and this is a big topic, and this is almost a subject of its own. And so maybe we should. Uh, elaborate on that a little bit next time because there's a that is another whole piece of um, the offense yeah but i want to just say one last Area. thing here on this offense for today is that uh as you were talking a minute ago about the, the people getting offended you know i believe people filter the conversations the words what they see mm-hmm. what they pick up mm-hmm. what they experience uh, from the world around them from the people around them through a filter of hurt disappointment um expectation yeah and so, you know, you don't realize, and I, for we must re- allow the Holy Spirit to remove those filters, or they're going to all come in um, jagged and hurtful. 
And you just forgive right away and ask God to just remove the, those filters, expectations, disappointments. And then you're free. You don't have to um, bless as he was not offended because of me, because then your burden is, Jesus is coming to me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. Um, your, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. So we're not carrying all these burdens of offense. So, Father, today we pray that those who are carrying burdens of offense or, or being attacked or surrounded by that spirit of offense uh, who's trying to divide them against their, their neighbors or them, their families or themselves, even themselves, that these spirits of offense would be exposed, exposed in our minds, exposed in our hearts, that you remove those, those offensive filters that uh, bring doubt and division, that you, Lord God, will deliver your people from the lie that causes us to be not only divided against one another, but Satan has used each other to energize his work and attack against us. Lord, cause your people to wake up and see how they're being plotted against, used, misused, abused, and offended. Father, for the sake of Jesus Christ, let there be peace among your remnant and you said, speaking the truth in love, and you said in the last days, they'll know we're disciples by the love we have for one another, that you would prove it, do it. Bless yourself, Lord God, and remove from us the spirit of offense in Jesus' name. Amen. Psalm 119, 165 says, Great peace have those who love your law, and nothing causes them to stumble. Or be offended. Amen. By the way, everyone, sorry for this late last minute thought, but check out liferecovery.com. I'm going to be putting out a new blog on I'm Offended and also some other things that you can pick up uh, to use for uh, strengthening and structuring and teaching and, and establishing yourself in the Lord. Oh, and don't forget, Life's Not Fair, one of the perfect CDs that addresses the spirit of offense. Check it out at liferecovery.com. I have an emergency. What is your location? Because there's a war for your soul.